Welcome to the What's the Worst That Could Happen podcast, a podcast about mindset, transformation, and habits that will level up your life. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Sarah Gould, and my co-host is Dr. Russ Birdsall. And today's episode is episode two, Shift Happens, not to be mistaken for shit, but shit also happens. But it's fantastic. I love it. Yes. So Russ and I have been talking quite a bit just about the shifts that we've had lately and leveling up our the way we live our life, the way we think, the way we practice what we do. And it really compelled us to share with our audience the shifts that we've had in our own life, uh, in particular around our mindset. And so just wanted to take a minute to um, share what we mean when we talk about shifts. So when we talk about shifts, oftentimes, and Russ, you can interject, but we're talking about leveling up your life. And this goes beyond just you know, creating a new habit of going to the gym in the morning, or you've read a new book that's compelling. This is about taking a conscious step away from your current life circumstances and the way you've been operating, the way you've been viewing yourself, the way you've been showing up for others, and completely turning that on its head. And I think a lot of the connections that we've made together as we've talked is just some of the media and books that we've been consuming around the law of attraction and manifestation and um, truly doing what so many researchers are talking about with quantum leaping. And literally, it kind of feels like the way I describe it all the time is I feel like I've jumped timelines is what I joke about with people. But then when they experience, they're like, wait, are you also on the same timeline as me? Right. It's just where you have this, like, I don't know how to describe it. Epiphany. That I feel happens. like it's, I feel like it's just one of those things where <clears throat> you start, you start looking at your life and where you want to go. And it's, and then you find those people through, in my opinion, that law of attraction, you find those people mm-hmm. that, are kind of trying to do the same thing, right? And I just noticed that I started, for me, it was like some of the old friends that I had, they just kind of started disappearing. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, yeah. So I, I, the timeline thing is funny because I, I literally imagine it like I'm, you know, I'm running, I'm running in a parallel line with everything. And then I just go, you know what? I don't want to be here anymore. And I literally just jump over the other side and I go, okay, I'm gonna go this way now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I leave a lot of my old friends behind, which I think is hard for some people to just leave people in the dust because I don't want to be weighed down. I've got a certain path I'm trying to go to and where I want to achieve. And so I feel like people naturally go, in different directions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, growing up, I don't have any of the friends that I grew up with in, in high school much anymore. Like, I still communicate with a couple of them. But the only one that I ever communicate that's that was in high school with me is my wife now, right? That's pretty mm-hmm. much it, right? But there's even a shift that happens in marriage that, yes, you know, you're like, I'm jumping, <laughs> I'm jumping over here. And then you're, 
your your significant other, your partner, whoever is like still in that little in the timeline you were on or in the path that you were on. And now you're like, okay, now I gotta, I gotta try to, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like convince them. Right. But you got to try to show them the different path. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was mm -hmm. tough for me in the beginning. Cause you know, I was trying to go somewhere else and my wife was going in a little different direction or she was staying on that same path. And then. Well, cause it's like safe and comfortable yeah. And it's, you know, you can also describe it as just like, you've chosen to take a risk and risk is really scary and uncomfortable. Change is hard for people because most yep. people see change as a negative. But I think Brene Brown says it best when she talks about courage. Like the only way to actually have courage is to be super freaking vulnerable and just do it, even when you're terrified, terrified, and you don't know what's going to happen and things are going to change. It's not in the absence of those feelings. It's in the presence of those feelings that you are truly courageous. Yeah. And that's and I think it's, hard for people. No, it is, especially for, I don't know how, how Glenn is, but Audrey is very, very systematic, very, um, things need to kind of be in their maintained area, right? She's, she's very OCD ish, right? Not to the to the OCD of, you know, like monk on that TV show. But like, yes. you know, she's, everything has to have its place, right? And if, mm -hmm. if, if I shift anything or, or anything changes, it, it's like, okay, hang on, red lights go off, everything goes crazy. But me, I always just kind of, it's got me in trouble a few times in life. Shocker, I, have a I, know, I know i have a tendency to go oh i want to do that and then i just jump into it right and it, that's how i opened my practice it was friends were like what are you gonna do i was like i'm gonna move back to colorado and i'm gonna open a practice on my own and they're like well you're gonna do an associateship or anything like that i'm like no i'm just gonna do it they're like well how are you gonna do it i was like i don't know but that's what i want to do <laughs> you know and so it it freaks her out but you know, she does have a, a, a little bit more trust in me these days than she did at first when she's like, uh, okay, what are we doing? It's like 50% more expensive to live in Colorado than it is in Kansas, right? Yeah. So it was tough, but you know, it's just the shifts and changes. Those are, I mean, you see my office every six months that sucks. I was just move. about to tell the audience, <laughs> let me just like paint a picture for you. So I am a patient who has done so well and just been, I've been in chiropractic care since I was 11 and worked at a chiropractic center when I was 14 and just been always a part of my life. So I'm one of those patients that really is just kind of on maintenance and come when I need to. So sometimes I'll see him two times in a month and then sometimes I'll go months, but it doesn't matter how long it's been. And I feel like even if it's been like two weeks, I will walk into the office and it's, there's something completely different. Uh, and he likes to collect, it's, it's great. It's two things. He collects plants and testimonials. And so one of my favorite things about his office is that it's covered in framed testimonials from patients. And I'm talking like dozens and dozens and dozens scattered across all the walls. But every time there's some kind of new 
you know, paint or process or something. And I think it speaks to your entrepreneurial spirit, which is if you've got it, you know, you have it Mm -hmm. because you do, you run face first. You're not afraid to fall completely down and get back up. You don't always have a plan. You just like, you have an idea and you go and you do it. Right. And it serves you well and it serves and and it can also be really painful and hard for people around you because if people are more cautious and thoughtful, they're not going to want to come with you at first because they're like, "Mm, let me see how bad this gets and I might not sign up for this. I might have to wait a little while to make that decision. But I think it speaks to your spirit because you do change your office all the time, but I will say the consistent things beyond the plants, because him and I are both like avid plant lovers. I love that we have plants in the background of us. I can see your plant over there. Right. Um, is this, he's got this theme of elephants and, you know, we can share that I think in another episode, but mm-hmm. I think shift doesn't just happen in your office, but I think oftentimes when I notice that you're having a breakthrough or a shift, everything about you transforms, not just the feel of your office. I think even the way you, the language you use and the communication. And um, I just, I have gotten to see that leveling up for yeah, years. And it, it's, it's funny because um, it was one of those things, I think it was when you came in before we decided to meet for coffee and chat a little bit more. It's one of those things where you walk in and then you go, you look at me and every time it's funny because, you know, I've known you for about almost, and I'd say it's almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, I, I, I know this like little, you get this little cockeyed look and I'm like, oh shit, something's about to change. Like she's, she just did something different. And so it, it is kind of fun watching the excitement, um, you know, when you're talking and then of course, like we feed off each other's energies and, and, and excitement. And with me, a change brings that new energy, right? That Ooh. lack of that stagnant energy that I get when, you know, cause I love my office. I love my patients. I love everything that I do, but I want to do more, you know what I mean? And so when I change my office around or do something else, it, it mixes up that stagnant energy Mm-hmm. Um, and gives me a reunited, you know, thing that just kind of works, right? Which is why we get, I almost bought a new plant yesterday, literally oh, it had it in the cart, me. right? And and it's funny because I, I always liked plants, right? I loved plants. I loved everything about them. I just, I didn't know what to do or how to take it. And so Chantel, my front desk, she is huge into plants, right? And she's like, we should get a couple plants. And those two plants turned into 10 plants. Those 10 plants turned into 20 plants and those 20 plants. I think we got 38 plants in the office right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the one, my money tree that's, you know, eight feet tall sitting in my office. It's like my favorite thing to look at. Yeah. My money tree is the one in the, um, white container behind me. It I is not, that. it is not that tall, but its leaves are definitely getting longer. Mm-hmm. I wonder if your plants, I wonder if we both like plants too, because they do represent constant change because most plants need, I mean, at least for mine, 
need a lot of care and I end up having to change the support they're given, the placement of them, like they're always evolving and changing. And I always feel challenged to get them to grow taller and bigger and greener. And maybe it's an analogy for everything else. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, you know, people are scared of is, is the change when change comes, there's new responsibilities that are necessary. Right. And there's a lot of people that don't like change because they don't want to take on that responsibility. Right. Mm -hmm. And so every, every so often I check in with my, with Chantel, my front desk and I go, mm -hmm. Hey, listen, are you happy here? I give her four questions. Are you happy here? Um, if not, what do you need to be happy? Um, what are your goals? You know, this year, what are your goals in the next six months? Um, and then where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Right. So I'll check in with her on those and find out. And it was funny. <laughs> one of her responses was, I want to be able to make some more money, but I don't want to work as hard. <laughs> so I understood what she's she was, growing up. <laughs> I know. I know. But I, I told her, I said, okay. And she said, I don't want to work as hard like you. And so I had to, I had to kind of, I laughed when I read it. Cause I was like, Oh, my dear, you have no idea. Um, you know, the amount of hours I spend doing this kind of stuff. So we had a conversation and, and she didn't know how to word it. Um, but it was one of those things where she's getting stagnant and she's Ooh. not familiar with the stagnancy feeling where she just feels like she's just bored in that spot and she wants Ooh. to do more, but she didn't know how to express that feeling. Right. And so I explained to her, I said, okay, if you want to have a pay raise, if you want to have, you know, a different role in the office, then these are the things that need to happen in order for that to actually become a reality. And I said, do understand that if you take a role as like a clinical CA instead of just my front desk CA, right? Um, and CA being chiropractic assistant, right? Um, I said, you're going to take on not just the front desk assistant roles. You're going to take on more because when we hire somebody else to take your position, you're going to have to train that person and understand that if that person is sick or if that person decides they don't want to work here anymore, you have to retake over that position. Right. And, and so she, she wants to be more involved and she wants to be more. And I am telling you right now, she is a gift from the heavens, right? You can't hire a 19 year old, right. That works for you. She's going, she's coming up on her fifth year working for me. Right. She's and amazing. You cannot find a 19 year old to 25 year old that has the work ethic that she's got. It is so difficult. And I listen to all my friends that have these CAs and they're like, well, dude, I can't get them to work. I can't get them to do anything. And I think honestly, it's, it's because I love Chantel and I want her to be successful. I want her to have everything that she wants. Right. And I feel like that if you go and you, you work with people out of love, then they want to work with you. Right. Not just like your job is to do this, answer the phones and do this, do what I tell you to do. Right. And there's a lot of I got a friend of mine. We just had a conversation. He's got a practice um, in the Midwest and he he's like, I can't find a good staff member. Said my life. They're all pieces of crap and they all you know they don't want to come in. They don't want to do that. And I said, you ever thought about the fact that you you hate that so much? You hate managing people. You hate 
um, how people don't show up, that you're attracting all those people that don't want to show up. Right. And 100%. he's like, yeah. And he goes, no, I'm just not looking in the right spot. I said, no, that's exactly what it is, dude. What you put out to the world is what you get back from the world. Right. And I said, you need to, you need to go out. This is why I don't have a massage therapist in my office. Right. Because I've had so many bad experiences with massage therapists in my this office. Is, this is an ongoing drama for <laughs> Dr. Birdsall. Is yeah, it's, massage it's pretty intense. <laughs> yes. So that's why but, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to refer people out because I don't want to uh-huh. have a massage therapist in my office. Plain and mm-hmm. simple. Right. So, but yeah, I think I wonder the, the if, change is necessary. I wonder if Chantel stays too because like of the spirit you bring to your office because you're always evolving, because you're always changing, because you're always adding or, you know, taking out. I think it's like, it's very youthful because when we're in our youth, we change our mind a hundred different times, way, way more than when we, as we age. Mm-hmm. And I think because you have that spirit of being an entrepreneur, I would guarantee, cause it's just the two of you working there that she feeds off of that. I mean, I do as a patient, I get excited to be like, oh my gosh, what's he going to use today? And what are we going to do? You know, like, cause you're always evolving and researching and finding new things. And it's exciting. Um, I appreciate it because I know that you've done the work. And so I know that the care that I get will be the very best. And so I think Chantel just feels that. I think yeah. all of us feel that. And that's why you've been so successful. Yeah. And I think it is. I mean, I do, I always tell people, yeah, I'm 41 years old, but I still, I still have, the temperament of a teenager. I like Mm -hmm. to play. I like to have fun. I'm very, I don't take life too serious, which, you know, for me, it works for some people. It doesn't work, but for me, it's like anything I play, whether it's golf, disc golf, whatever I play, if I start to take that way too serious, then I don't do well. And that's the same with life. And I think one of the things I don't think, I don't know if you've seen the shirt. I made Chantel a shirt. Um, of course you did right? Just for fun, right? Just nothing crazy. Um, it has a little monster on it, a little blue monster, and it's holding some flowers. And over the top of it in curved letters, it says, I'm important, right? And on the on the back, um, it says, because um, it came about, she, she had somebody, when we were doing a training for CAs, that somebody had like, you know, so-and-so CA, um, and had like three or four different initials behind this CA's name. And she goes, how come I don't have a title like that? And I'm like, I'll get, I'll make you a title, right? So I made her a title that she is the, and I'm going to read this from my phone. Please says do. She is the patient movement and calendar, calendar coordinator, digital voice specialist, and director in, of adventure management operations of secondhand public relations and taskmaster in charge of companionship inventory protocols and liquid refreshment specialist in charge of motivation. And she goes, what does that mean? I said, well... You move patients to the back room, you, you schedule patients, you answer the phones, and the adventure management um, specialist is the fact that she goes on shopping trips with me to go get supplies for the office. And then the um, refreshment specialist in charge of motivation is she gets me coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and she's like, because I'll tell her, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to put a Starbucks order in. Um, before you get to work, just let me know what you want. And then if you could pick it up on the way, that'd be sweet. So I buy her Starbucks all the time. Um, 
And so it was just kind of funny. I gave her that shirt. She loves it, loves it, right? And yeah, I think but what are you what are you communicating to her by doing something like that? Um, so basically, it's that she is, and I've told this to her many, many times. But when I do things like that, it's it's to let her know and recognize how important she is to my office. Mm-hmm. Um, because what a lot of people don't understand, and this is this is the the thing with like big companies, right? Um, they forget the little man, right? They forget the people that that run the inventory, that do a lot of the protocols, that do the things without the other people, their businesses would not function. They're the heart of the business. Mm -hmm. And I've done, I've worked in so many different spots, you know, growing up where, um, and this is, again, is I knew I always wanted to be my own, my own boss. Cause man, I think before I was 21, I had 14 jobs. (laughs) You know, I just got bored in the I'm, same spot. I'm not surprised. <laughs> right. And so I've worked with some people and I'm like, man, this guy treats his, his employees like crap. Right. And I look at my friends that can't keep employees. They treat them like absolute dog shit. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was like, I'm never going to do that. I want to treat my employees like they're family, you know, like they're, they're part of my little crew and I'm going to put them under my wings and I'm going to do everything I can to help them. Um, you know, so- and so that's the thing. Well, and the thing is, is like for how young she is and early in her career, most, most companies, most people would not invest in someone like that early in their career. And you've invested your, your time and your relationship and your business in her. And Mm -hmm. so I think you communicate her worth and potential all the time And, and she's a light in your office. I mean, she's the first one you see and, um, she's just, she's incredible. But I think, you know, part of that is just, she's just a really good human being. And the other part of it is that she works in an environment where she know, she knows she's respected. And so I think it's a lot easier for her to run with it and make the shifts happen inside of your office that you, that you have, you know, yeah. And watching her shift is, is incredible just to see how she was. Cause every once in a while things will pop up. Like, you know, we, we do the personality profiles, um, every year or so just to see what's changed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's funny starting from scared to call people on the phone, scared, like she would get, you know, little hive looking rashes, heat rashes all over her, her neck oh, and yeah. face. She'd mm-hmm. get nervous. You know, and and she's on there now, and I'm telling you, Sarah, when she is not here, my life is just insane. I can't imagine <laughs> what it would be like without her there. Oh that no, would be crazy. It, it'd be mm-hmm. tough. And so that's the thing is like, you know, and she, like I said, she's part of family, and so you know, and she's young, and so she's like one of my kids, right? And and she comes mm-hmm. in and and she's down in the dumps, and I'm like, who hurt you? Who do I need to hit? Right. Like, <laughs> so it's one of those things. I'm like, you know, I care for her a lot and I want her to be successful. And so kind of getting back into the shift. Um, I really think you and I both have some very interesting stories on how we decided to make that shift right yeah. to another timeline. And I want you to start this off, but I want to, I feel like people need to, to hear both of our stories on, on what caused us to make the shift in, in where we're at. Cause it, 
I think both of us, it was fairly recent, right? Yeah. Within the last six months or so. Yes. Yeah, for me, it was, I had left a career for, that I was in for 20 years, a very institutionalized, government-run, government-regulated job of being in K-12 education where I would not have been allowed to make a podcast like this. It would have been criticized. I was not allowed to show my tattoos, which I'm covered in. I, I couldn't have my nose piercing that I have. I couldn't cuss. I couldn't, you know, there were all these things that were just a big bunch of no's. And I have that same spirit you do where I just, I remember my first email to give you context, my first email address back in the day, is this is going to age me. It was a Yahoo account. Cause of course it was, you were either mm -hmm. hotmail Yahoo or AOL 100%. was free spirit five, six, eight, three, which when you would do five, six, eight, three in the olden days for those kids listening into your page or your phone spelled love. And so I've always been a free spirit, always, but I had worked in a career that was not, did not play nicely with free spirits. And so I broke out right after the pandemic because I was just done, like so many of us were, and went into tech startup. And it was fun and exciting and scary and fast. And I got laid off because that's what they do in tech. It's just a churn and burn it's no emotions. People are used to it. I got laid off and I thought it was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. And everyone around me who had got laid off were like, why are you acting like that? That's just like part of what we do. And I was shocked. And after the, you know, after it happened again, I was let go. I was like, you know what? All of the people like Russ who are close with me have been encouraging me for years to just do my own thing. And so I took a huge leap and broke free of the system that I think had been holding, holding me down, but I was too afraid to realize that like they actually weren't holding the keys. I was the entire time. And it was a huge like mind trip for me to realize that I was actually the one doing it the whole time. It was not the institution. I could have walked away at any time. I could have done those things. I was just too afraid. Um, because I think I was just raised to believe and educated to believe, <laughs> a little bit brainwashed to believe, that I couldn't go on my own and I couldn't do my own thing. It was almost like I had woken up. And that's the phrase I gave you when we talked the other day is like, I feel like I woke up and I realized that the life that I was leading, at least in my career, was not something that I wanted. And it wasn't truly authentically that free spirit 5683 of who I truly was. And so I opened my own consulting firm. And immediately, people, longtime friends said, well, it's about time. And I think that's the first thing you said to me is you were like, yeah, let's do this thing. It's about time. I've been just waiting for you to do this. And I just realized that I had put so much of my true calling and my true timeline on pause, mm -hmm. not because anyone was telling me to, but because I was terrified. 
I feel like we should change the name of the podcast to It's About Time. <laughs> it's about damn time. Yeah. No, I I love it. And it was one of those things that, because I remember you saying, oh, you you quit, you know, doing the corporate thing. And, and then when you told me you, uh, you're like, oh, I, I'm starting my consulting firm. And I went, finally, right? Finally, mm-hmm. it's happening, right? Because that's the thing is you you know you know who's got the the entrepreneurial spirit. You know the people that are that are for it, right? There's there's some people that are just better employees than they are business owners, and there's absolutely zero wrong with that. Absolutely. But I think I think people need to recognize who they are, right? And it's not to say it's not to say that you can't get to the entrepreneurial way, but you know it just it kind of there's a lot of things that have shifted in in my world that you know made me go okay now i know the difference between a, a someone who's just an employee and someone who's an entrepreneur right someone who's got that entrepreneurial spirit and you know it comes from you know i think i told you we we i went with a buddy of mine we went to school he's got a, a good practice out in washington state um and i just had a girl that was getting out of school um, and she was going to shadow me. She shadowed me for a couple years. She wanted to work with me, um, but then her husband got a good job back in the Midwest. And so she wanted to stay there. So I said, Hey, listen. So I called my buddy. I said, Hey man, I got a lady that's graduating. She's, she's getting close to it. She's really good. She's really on it. Um, you know, I think she'd meet she'd make a great, business owner, do you want to open a practice up in, in Missouri? And, um, you know, you, I'll be the day to day policies, procedures, coaching, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you be the investment. And he's like, so all I got to do is pay for it. And you got to do everything else. I was like, well, no, that's, <laughs> there's more to it. Right. Um, but anyway, so that's basically what our roles are is that he's, he's kind of the insurance, side of it and um the financial side we both put a little bit into it um and so he's been the the major financial funder but i've been the policies procedures the coaching and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i learned very quickly um that the the doc that we hired was a better employee than a business owner Mm. right and it was tough because i was like oh god like i'm having to constantly constantly do stuff and I told my, my business partner, I was like, we need to go straight commission with this one because we're paying her a base pay plus a percentage. And I'm like, and the base pay, she doesn't. And so she doesn't really need the money. And I asked her, I said, listen to me, I need you to, to, to communicate with me on a few things. I'm going to I'm going to ask these questions. Um, and it came down to it. We're like, we're going to lose this thing if we don't make this shift. Right. And the shift was. Um, or the questions I asked her, I said, if, if this was your business and you were bleeding money every month and you had to dive into your savings account, or you had to ask your mom and dad for, for more money every month, what would you do different? Sarah, it took me seven times asking the same question to get an answer. It made me absolutely crazy. And so finally she, my business partner said it, um, and she goes, well, I'd add more services. And and he told me that, and then I called her up, and I said, okay, let's discuss this. I said, if you add more services, you can't pay your bills now, 
right? Adding more services, what is that going to do? Right. That's not that you can't cover the bills. Now you add more equipment, you got more on top of it, you know? And so I said, it comes down to the basics. And so she's finally starting to make that shift right in her. And it was me shoving her outside of her comfort zone. Like it wasn't like a small little leap. It was okay. This is it. Now you're coming with me. We're going to go hand out flyers. Uh, you got to do five flyers a day. This is what you got to do. You got to do networking groups. You got to do this. You got to do that. All this stuff needs to happen. Um, and so that shift was different. Um, so yeah, it's crazy for her. Um, my shift was probably a little more recent than yours. Mine was December 3rd, 2022. Right. And I know that cause that's when everything just, that's when shit just went crazy. Right. Um, and so doing the, I, I, I told you this, right. So doing the golf simulator, hitting things, right. Me and my buddy are out there and we're like, you know, let's go. And I, you know, I, I, I swung the first time. I was like, man, I'm stiff. Um, I don't know what's going on. And so at the end of it, it always, everything always happens at the end, right? It's that last hit. It's that last, oh, yeah. everything, yeah. right? Just yeah, the, you oh, shouldn't have taken it. it. Shouldn't have yeah. done it. I know. Um, but I remember he's like, let's go for 400 yards, right? And 400 yards of golf is a long way, right? And so I put everything in. My average is probably around 330, 340 um, out here in Colorado just because there's, you know, less resistance, right, than when I go back home and play. And so I got to 391, and I was like, yeah, but I felt a tiny pinch in, like, my hip. And I was like, oh, okay. That's fine. I'll just walk it off. Um, then I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. My left leg was so numb. I couldn't even stand on it. I fell over like three times wow. trying to stand. And I've never, ever in my life had anything like that happen to me. And so of course at three in the morning, when you're trying to get up and, and figure out what's going on, you, you realize your leg doesn't work and you're like, what the hell is happening? Right. My wife is freaking out. I'm freaking out. Everyone's freaking out. Um, it takes about a minute for it to kind of come back, but it's that, it's that tingling stuff. Right. And then there was just severe back pain, mm-hmm. severe back pain for like three months, actually four months. I right. And that. it's not that all the way rough. gone. Yeah. It was, it was tough because I'm still having to work. I can't bend, bend over. I can't pick anything up. I can't twist. Yeah. I can't turn. I can't do anything. Because it's so painful, it knocks the wind out of you. And those of you that have not gone to a chiropractor, chiropractors is a very physically demanding job. And so if there is any kind of injury like that, it makes your job 10 times harder. Yeah, it was yeah. rough for a long time. And I threw everything at it, right? I've got, I've got my decompression table. So I, I figured, okay, it's probably a disc issue. Um, you know, let's see what's going on. See if the discs have got a herniation or a bulge or something that's going on. I can't, I don't know what's going on. Um, and so I get on the table, it makes it worse. And I'm like, well, shit, that's supposed to help that stuff. I'm like, why is that happening? Um, and at this point, all my doctor knowledge is like out the window and I'm going <laughs> into panic mode. You know, do I got caught a corner syndrome, which is like a giant emergency. You got to go to the hospital. Right. And so I'm looking everything up. Of course, Google tells me I'm dying. Right. Oh, um, of course. Because that's, that's what dying. they do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, then I get on my 
Leander table, and what that is is that's that's the flexion. It flexes kind of at the hips, right? It helps helps to kind of stretch mm-hmm. some things out. I couldn't get off the table. I was on that sucker for two minutes. Couldn't get or, no, I was on there for about three or four minutes. Couldn't get off the table. Um, and again, this was at the end of the day, right? And it was like oh, I'm just gonna do this, just kind of relax a little bit, get this thing stretched out. Couldn't get off the table. Everything spasmed. Giant just tightness around my entire core, all the way into my back. Um, burning pain, tingling all the time in my legs. You know, it's kind of like if you were to not wear any underwear, um, and put on wool pants that haven't been treated, (laughs) you know, and it's just that constant gross prickly feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, fast forward to the darkest parts of my life ever. I'm a very happy go lucky fun dude. And you are. And it was one of those things where I'm like, I just want to put a bullet in my brain because of how intense the pain is. And it's not going away. I can't tell you how many times I woke up, you know, crying um, because I can't get any relief. I'm sleeping on the floor. I think I was averaging three hours of sleep a night for um, two months. And it was just one of those things. But when I come in the office, I'm like, oh, hey, everybody, everything's fine. But deep in there, I'm like, holy shit, I can't do this anymore. Right. I just can't do it. And I got a buddy of mine in Oregon. He he runs a practice out there. He's he's been telling me he does cold plunges and you know all these different therapies and all these things. He goes, go get in a cold tub. I was like, dude, I don't have a cold tub. He's like, dude, put your water on. The coldest it is in your tub, and just just get in the cold, man. Yeah. And it, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's just stupid. I don't want to do that. I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I can't sleep. I can't do anything. I can't sit. I can barely stand laying on my back sucks. Laying on my stomach sucks. Everything sucks. Yeah. You know, to make a choice. So I said, you know what? (sighs) Fuck it. I'm going in the tub. And I put that sucker to cold and I could only lie. I mean, it was maybe I don't have a cold tub. I just turned my bath on and then I put some ice in there. I think that it was like 45, 50 degrees. So it wasn't like super, super cold. But I sat in that sucker and just breathed, 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 right? And just kind of breathed it out. I could only last for two minutes. Um, I got out of that tub and bawled my fucking eyes out. Because that was the first time in four months where I didn't have pain. And it only lasted three minutes, right? But I was like just living for that three minutes of pain yeah. relief. Right. Yeah. Um, and I tried chiropractic and it made it worse because it wasn't, you know, anything. I got an MRI. There's like no disc issues. Nothing explains what you're yeah. doing. You know, everything's fine. I'm like, no, everything is not fine. This is not normal. You know? And I was like, look, I know I'm fat. I know I'm 40. Right. I got, I got shit to lose, but it was that moment where I went, there's a light at the end of this deep, dark, tunnel right and then i found a massage therapist you know that he hurts he hurts oh my gosh he hurts but gave me the relief that i'm looking for acupuncture gave me the relief that i'm looking for and i do a 10 minute ice bath or cold bath because they're not ice baths because i still don't have one of those ice things yet because i'm gonna get one but holy shit they're like 10 grand (laughs) so um, but I take an ice bath every night, you know, I take a cold tub every single night. 
because I feel so alive with that, right? Because I, I'm out of, out of the future, I'm out of the past, and I'm in the present. I'm in the present moment right now, and I'm listening to my motivational talks. Like Les Brown is my guy. I love listening to him. And I'll sit there and I'll put it on for 10 minutes and I'll just listen and I'll breathe, you know, and I'll take, I'm a big dude, man, six, four, right? Like mm -hmm. not a small guy. Mm -hmm. And those, those normal tubs don't fit me. So I, I can only go up into my waist. And so I'm taking a bowl and I'm dumping it over my head and I'm dumping it <laughs> on my back and doing everything I can. And I just, it gives me freedom, right? For the first time ever in my life, was I ever present in that moment? And it's been life changing. And now I'm going, I want to do something with this. I want to put these in my office. I want to give people this thing, right? That this, this thing out of the dark hole. I think about, you know, my friends that are vets that are, you know, mm -hmm. the PTSDs and things like that. I'm going, I got to get them in a cold tub. I was like, bro, let's go take a tub together, man. Like, let's go get in a cold tub. Right. And I've got a pond out in my freaking out in the back of my office. And I'm telling you, it's taken everything in me not to just go, you know what, everybody, <laughs> let's go jump into the pond. Right. Pond, pond break. Pond break. So it's one of those things where this is my shift where I'm like, this is where shit hit the fan for me. And I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make a change. I'm ready to I want to open up some stuff that's going to allow people to. Um you know, have that opportunity to be in the present, right? Even if it's just that three minutes that gives people the light at the end of the tunnel to know there is a way out. There is a way to fix, right? And and that's kind of where my shift happened. And that's, that's where I'm going to go. And I'm actively looking for somebody to kind of take control of my office here so I can shift. Like I'll still, I'll still work on, you know, patients that have like hand and foot conditions. Cause that's kind of my, my thing. Um, but having someone take over my practice here so that I can adventure out and find more, right. Find the people that are, that are hurting, that are in those dark, dark corners and go, Hey, let's try this. Let's mm -hmm. see, let's see what it does for you. And so it's incredible. And I, you know, I throw my hands up in the sky and just think, you know, thank God for everything that I have because you know, without the connections and the people in my life, I, I don't think I would ever gotten the cold tub. I don't think I would ever found the massage therapist that I was looking for. You don't think I would have found the acupuncturist I'm looking for, you know, and then the support of my wife, of course, she started to do the cold tub and, and she's, she hates every second of it, <laughs> but you know, she'll breathe it out and everything else. And then she sees me get in it. She's like, you're like dumping water on your head. Like this feels good. Like, what is wrong with you? I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. And so, and, it's fantastic. uh, yeah, for, for listeners and watchers, this is something that, uh, that Russ has challenged me to do. I have such chronic knee pain that I actually have a total knee replacement scheduled at 42 years old at the end of this month. Uh, and he said, just, you know, get in the tub, get in the tub. And um, I'm terrified, but I feel like now that you said it, I just, I don't know. Maybe if I say it here that I'm going to do it, then I have to do it. Well, what's the worst know. that could happen? Oh, stop. <laughs> it's true. 
what is, is the worst that could happen? You get cold. Um, you don't last five minutes. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I think is interesting about your story is that <clears throat> it, it it's just your enthusiasm and your spirit is contagious. And, you know, in medicine, we think about contagions as something that is like really negative and scary. And but there's also this other side of the coin that is where, you know, they say people who have you know in business, they define it as charisma. I think it's greater and deeper than that. It's contagious. People want to be around you because I think for situations like this where you have something that profoundly shifts your paradigm, your perspective, and in this case, <clears throat> your daily function. This is part of your daily routine now. You have never been one to not share it with the entire world and with whoever will listen. Mm -hmm. And when you say it with such strong conviction, because you know it's what works, I think that's what makes you such a great doctor and, and such a good friend and human being and family member because you just get so excited. It's contagious. You know, other people want to check it out. Like, what is he talking about? Like, I want to know more. And I think that's part of that entrepreneurial spirit. It really is like, let's try it and we're going to just keep doing it. And if it fails, I'm not afraid of it, right. but what advice would you give to someone who is not naturally inclined to take those risks? And so, you know, someone who, let's say, just graduated from chiropractic college. And for those of you that don't know, these guys, these, these folks, go through school as long as a traditional doctor and many times more, same amount of years, who don't want to open their own practice or they're afraid or they're just kind of stuck. Like what advice would you give someone who doesn't naturally, is not naturally inclined to take these risks? I mean, you, you have a practice that isn't even in the same state as you, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you say to those people that just kind of feel, you know, paralysis through analysis? They're stuck. The first thing I tell people, because um, I've had this conversation, the first thing I say is find a mentor. Like you have to have a mentor, someone that is going to help guide you through the shit storm, right? Someone that's going to, that, that's been there, right? So I tell them find yeah. a mentor. But the biggest thing I tell them is, you know, what's your, what's your end goal? What's your dream? What do you want to do? What, like, where do you want to be in 10 years? Right. Mm. Um, because most people take an associateship that's, that's kind of, you know, kind of like residency ish with medical docs, right? The associateship is, right. you know, you're, you're going to go be an associate inside somebody else's office. They're going to help you with their policies, procedures, and you're going to learn from them. And, and then you can branch out on your own. Usually it's about five years, right? Um, so I just tell people if you, if ultimately you want to start on your own, okay. And I tell people this because it's, it's one of those things that I, that I did because I didn't really think about it. Like we got a $20,000, uh, I got $20,000 in my bank account. We, um, didn't have any, I mean, we spent 10 grand of it moving here. Um, 
And then we spent about another five grand uh, with equipment and, you know, leases and stuff. So we had $5,000 in our bank account um, when I opened my business and we had to make 10 grand to break even, right? Just from living expenses and business expenses and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not cheap, right? So the thing is, is that I, if I was to go back and talk to myself, right, and do it all again, um, I've made mistakes, you know, where I jumped in and it wasn't a big office. Um, you know, I think you were around for my first office. It was mm-hmm. two rooms, 800 square feet, nothing big. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I tell them, if your ultimate goal is to open your own business, then take the small step and find a doc that has a room for rent, right? Not a, mm-hmm. you know, new space on your own, um, a doc that has a room that you can literally just start growing your own business out of to where your expenses are low, right? Because they'll probably charge you a thousand bucks a month um, for your space. And that's all you get, right? And and you have access to their x-rays, you have access to their people, um, you know, and stuff like that. So my advice is I tell people is analyze your life, figure out where you want to be in 10 years, and then backtrack that as to what it's going to take to get there. Um, but ultimately find a mentor that is going to help you, that believes in what you're going to do, that loves you and appreciates everything that you're going to do. Um, and just jump in, right? Jump in and uh, start small if you, if you need to. And I tell them, don't get, um, don't get caught up with, um, oh, I need to have a big practice. Don't go and get a $100,000 small business loan. You know, all these things. Like, keep the debt low. Um, start small and grow from there. I mean, I started with a room and a table. And now I've got my office that I absolutely love. Um, it right. takes a lot of work. So start small is what I tell everybody. I like that, too, because you're not saying, like, oh, that's not possible. It's just – it's – fulfill the dream, but work in the capacity that you can for now. Um, I think a lot of times that fear comes from not being able to recognize that you're worthy of change or that you're worthy of practicing whatever it is you're doing. So I would say if you want shifts in your life to occur, I think the mentor is brilliant and necessary. There's no way I would be where I am. No way I would be where I am without very, very incredible mentors that, to be honest with you, I didn't choose them. They were put into my life and became mentors. And I don't even know that I've ever really called them mentors, but they are my mentors. Mm -hmm. But the second thing I would say is that you have to be able to believe that you're worthy of whatever it is you're after. And you have to write down what makes you worthy of it. Because if you just run face forward and you, you know, as fast as you can, but you don't believe that you have the capacity to be whatever it is you want to be, or the capacity to have your own practice one day, then you're going to end up, turning around and running back home. 
And so I think you also have to really check where your mindset is because I have seen people with very accomplished degrees, all the accolades, all the, you know, test scores, and they've passed the boards and they've done all this work and they are failing in their practices Mm -hmm. and businesses, but it's because they do not believe that they're capable of it and they are not given a mentor to help them see it because we can't, I think in, in both of our shifts that have occurred, we've both had people in our life, whether it's you listening to Les Brown, whether it's me going through EMDR therapy and working with friends and colleagues who have gone through it, you start to realize that there's an entire care team, and I'm not talking about medical care, but there's an entire care team of advocates that you have to kind of accumulate to do the thing because you can't do it alone. And I think that's why a concept even like this podcast is so powerful because I don't think that we could do this podcast independently. It has to be with both of us. Agreed. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, you should start your own podcast. And I'm like, no, I feel like this is going to be, this is going to hit more people on different levels mm-hmm. because of the different well, dynamics that you and I are. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Russ had texted me last week, hey, do we want to have guests on our podcast? And I said, absolutely. Because in my mind, like, be open to any and all possibilities. And mm-hmm. if if two people have the same opinion, one is not necessary. We want right. diversity in thought because that's yeah, how you it's... have shifts that happen. People that focus on you. And I know we'll get into it in future episodes, but politically, religiously, like all kinds of things, like Russ and I are very different people. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've gone head to head and argued about stuff, but yep. it's, it's what makes the relationship so dynamic and uh, authentic is because yeah. we think so differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a good thing to to have that diversity in there, and and uh, I know we're getting to our time, um, but one of the things that came to mind when we're talking about this shift and talking about you know what people need to do and that that fear of failure needs to be eliminated, right? Because it is one of those things like worst case scenario, what is the worst that could happen, right? Play that out in your mind. And something that always stuck with me there's there's a few things that I've got. Um, written on my mirror at home. Mm-hmm. One of them is Les Brown that says, uh, no matter how hard it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. That's on my mirror, right? And the oh, other I thing that, that runs through my head is that if you if you fall down, make sure you fall on your back because if you can look up, you can get up, right? And so that's everything that I've done is, is if I'm going to fall, I make sure that I fall on my back because I'm going to get myself up and I'm going to go again. And I've done it many, 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 many times, right? And this this whole back pain issue that I've had, um, you know, it's one of those things where no matter how hard it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it, right? And then that's, that right there is where the law of attraction comes in to go, I'm going to make it, right? And then, and then that law of attraction shows up in the form of, okay, your buddy calls you and says, how's you doing? You take an ice bath. Your, your, your patient says, hey, go check out my massage therapist. So you go check out the massage mm-hmm. therapist. And your mm-hmm. acupuncture says, hey, have, how have you been? Haven't seen you in a while. And then you go, oh, shit, I'm going to go to my acupuncture. So, and that's, that's what I tell a lot of my friends. I said, look, man, if you fail, you fail. Just make sure that you look up. 
Because if you can look up, you can get up, just like Les Brown says. So that's beautiful. I have actually never heard that phrase. I think that's really powerful. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you listening to our episode on Shift Happens and whether you're laying on your back and realizing that you can look up and see things or you're just visualizing and putting the intention out that you're worthy of doing this work, you are worth it. Yeah.